Aloha, this is Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing Garrett Gunn and Christy Blanche, or Dr. Christina Blanche. They are the writers. We are in for a treat today, guys. We, we are, you know. Um, they are the writers for the new limited series called Good Boy from Source Point Press. The first issue is out already in stores. Now, issue number two comes out on December 29th, and the previews code is OCT211758. Christy and Garrett, how are you guys doing today? Amazing. We're great. You know, thank you for coming on. You know, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for having for us. Having us. It's, a, it's a blast yeah. to do these. We do these all the time. It's, they never get old. No, that's great. Okay. Garrett, I'm going to go over your, um, your comic book history. Uh, you did. Um, fancy. I'm sorry? He's fancy. <laughs> okay. My so, comic book history. Yeah. Franklin and Go he wrote Franklin and Ghost 2018 from Source Point Press and it's also available on Comixology. And um correct me if I'm wrong, it's in development now to be an animated series. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh starring Billy Bob Thornton, Sean Schemmel, Chris Sabat, and uh, Veronica Taylor. Ooh. We're gonna touch upon Billy Bob Thornton in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he also wrote Go West, um, a 2018 book from Alterna Comics. Mm -hmm. um, the Box the box Master Graphic Novels from 2017. Again, that's from Source Point Press. Now, that was co-written by Billy Bob Thornton. It was you and Billy Bob Thornton. I want to hear, how did you team up with Billy Bob? <laughs> um, so I, I wrote a book, a concept for a book, few years ago i mean now it's not a few years ago now now it was like six years ago um that was called hardcore mega metal and it was gonna be i wanted i i love like the old like marvel like power records stuff yes. you know like come with a 45 and it's like this multiple like media experience um and so i was like oh i want to do like this cool book that's about this band that like it was like there was this all this like fantasy and sci-fi elements to it and i was like i'm gonna get original music done and I'm going to like offer the book with music and all this shit. It was a terrible idea because I realized after the fact I'm a fucking idiot and you can't, I couldn't afford to hire a fake band, uh -huh. pay for music to be written and made, mm -hmm. uh, any of that stuff. And I was like, Oh man, that sucks. So I was telling a buddy of mine, um, about the story and I was like, Oh man, you know, like there was this it, comics, we were talking about comics and music and other stuff. And I was like, Oh, I had this thing I wanted to do and I couldn't do it. And he was like, why don't you just, do it with a real band. Mm -hmm. And I was like, now my buddy is like, he's, he's the audio engineer for a number of like super famous musicians, okay. Rob Zombie, Korn, uh, uh, Cindy Lauper, like tons of people. Um, and I was like, well, Mark, I don't know bands like you. Like that's not a thing that I do. So he was like, you know, who'd really like this is Billy. And I was like, Billy who? Mm -hmm. I was like, Billy Idol. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was like, no, Billy Bob Thornton. I was like, Billy Bob Thornton makes music? And he was like, yeah, he's got a rockabilly band called uh, the Boxmasters. They're mm -hmm. really good. And I was like, what the fuck? Okay. So I went home and I listened to him and I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a concept and I gave it to Mark and Mark was like, I'll show it to Billy and see. And I was like, this is never going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And he texted me that night. He was like, Billy's going to call you tomorrow. He's got some thoughts. I went, 
what? Yeah. That's not, okay, let's unpack all of that because what? He's going to call me because he has some thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was insane. I, so it, like we had a phone call. He loved the idea. We went back and forth a couple of times and he basically was like, I, I gave him the, the story idea and he was like, I just want you to run with it. So I wrote the whole story. And then when we got done with it, we did like a table read with the band. And then they were like, hey, we're going to be in Vegas doing this show. You should come to Vegas. And I was like, what the, like, I'm in California. Like, that's not, I can't just like jump in my car and drive to Vegas. Like, I'm not, like, it's not like I'm in LA. Mm-hmm. Like Billy's used to LA. And like LA is like an hour and a half, two hours from Vegas. Like, that's it. Like, I'm almost to Oregon. I'm, like, in the very <laughs> far reaches of California. And so I'm like, but but I don't want to tell Billy Bob Thornton I'm not going to come to Vegas. Oh, yeah. The show. yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I totally will. Yeah, I'll see you there. So we went to this show. I watched him perform. We sat down afterwards. And, like, he was, like, his notes were, like, yeah, I don't really, like, I wouldn't, like, call this person by their name. I call everybody Bud. Or I do this. And he had like these little really specific notes that he wanted me to use. So we added these things in and they came to LA Comic-Con. We debuted the book. It was insane. We had hundreds of people in line waiting to to get copies signed and all kinds of stuff. Um, It's long since been sold out. Um, And now we're working on a sequel. So, yeah. Nobody even knows that. You're like the first person to know that. (laughs) Yeah. But thank you. Yeah. All right, Darren, I'm going to continue on. But thank you very much for that, that piece <laughs> of information. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So also, you also did Warcorns, a 2012 book from SourcePoint Press, and also another book from SourcePoint Press um, in um, 2020 called Cold Dead Hands. Yes. Did I miss anything? Anything? Only that's- about only like 48 other things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I like I have I think I lost count like 6 months ago. Mm-hmm. I think I've done like 14 different series. I've got something like 32 books or something like that published. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's insane. It's a lot. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I do do Warhorns. Mm-hmm. And I do, I did Cold Dead Hands, mm-hmm. um, both of which were awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% of my stuff is published by SourcePoint Press. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm a firm believer that when you find people that let you make the things you want to make, how you want to make them and support mm-hmm. the way you want to do them, you just like, there's no point to go anywhere else. Yeah. So yeah, that's basically who publishes all of my things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, Christy, I'm going to go over your comic book history much uh, much shorter <laughs> <laughs> not for long, not for long. <laughs> all right so now you are a writer uh comic convention panel moderator a teacher and an owner and the owner of all yak comics in muncie in indiana did i pronounce that correctly you did very good <laughs> thank you all right now you have taught an online course such as, correct me if I'm wrong, Gender Through Comics. Um, mm-hmm. that, and now that course had enrolled over 7,000 students. Yep. Was that over like a number of years or just one no, course? It was, so, so this was what they call a MOOC. They came to me. I, I developed this course called Gender Through Comic Books. 
And about halfway through, they asked if I wanted to do a MOOC with it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I went home and looked up what that was mm -hmm. because I had no idea. So I was like, oh, it's a massive open online course. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was Ball State decided to venture into this field and this is kind of like their test. So um, I had to develop it for this, this course for online and mm -hmm. make sure that, you know, uh, people would have access to books. I worked with Comixology mm -hmm. and made sure that things and comic shops so that you could like a lot of comic shops would have the books that I use, like here's your package. It's, you know, $110 for all of them, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, but uh, we didn't know how many people usually MOOCs, they were expecting about 500 people. Mm -hmm. um, and we made a little video for it, like a little ad, you know, a little trailer. Mm -hmm. And they were like, who should we have narrate it? And I was like, well, let me see if Stan will. And they're like, Stan who? And I'm like, Stan Lee. And they're like, yeah, right. Okay, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, hang on. And they're like thinking I'm full of crap, right? So like 20 minutes later, I was like, hey, can we get somebody over to um, Stan's office in the next you know, couple hours? Because he said he'll do it right away. And they were like, what? <laughs> so they had a guy out in LA and he ran over there and recorded it, almost had a heart attack. He was so excited, you know, that he was dealing with Stan Lee and he, he recorded it and he told me, he goes, I changed a couple lines. And I'm like, you can change whatever you want. I don't yes. care. Um, so we did this uh, little, you know, online video and we ended up, when it got to 7,000 people, we had to cap it um, because it was just me and then i i talked them into getting me a, an, an assistant to help and she could help for 10 hours a week mm -hmm. uh which <laughs> it's not a whole lot um especially when we had to uh, transcribe all the interviews we did live interviews with people like brian k vaughn and gail simone and um scott gimple and a bunch of people mm -hmm. um and uh so she, <laughs> most of it was was you know going through the interviews and transcribing so there were a lot of people in it. We everywhere but Antarctica, you know, and I was like, come on, what else do you guys have to do? <laughs> but um, we had people from all over and it was it was a great experience. Um, I don't think I did anything else for that six weeks except sit at my computer and answer things. And the kids are like, can we eat? And I'm like, I don't care. You know, whatever. Do whatever. You're on your own. It's fun for yourself. Yeah. We had fend for yourself nights and they're like, we don't have anything but some cheese and, you know, milk. And I'm like, There's your dairy intake. You're good. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really fun. And then we followed that one up with, uh, well, I did it kind of on my own, um, social issues through comics and had people like Donnie Cates and, mm -hmm. and uh, people like that on it. So it's pretty cool. That is, that, yeah, that's very cool. It is. Um, I'm, I'm going to continue on, um, now correct me if I'm wrong, you, um, some of your works have also been included in some academic texts, correct? Yes. Such as graph, graphic novels in the classroom mm -hmm. and the comics of Joss Whedon. Yeah. So I was, when I was doing my doctorate, um, we have my, I have, my advisor was always on me to get stuff published. So mm -hmm. Um, you know, I have a, a couple of papers published in there and, uh, someday my dissertation, I'll turn it into a book, but I'm busy writing other stuff way more important right now. You know, dogs killing people. So 
I um I I'm going off the cuff here and I'm sorry, but how how cool is it that we can live in a time, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just trying to clear my throat, that like universities are accepting, you know, comic book as a very serious medium. Well, most some do. Okay. When I when I started, um, it, they did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I decided to use uh, Why the Last Man in my anthropology class to teach uh, culture change, I didn't tell them. I didn't get it approved. <laughs> I just put it in there. Yeah. And um, and then about three weeks into it, somebody came in and they were like, hey, one of my students said that they're using this book in your class, a comic book. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, uh, how'd that get approved? And I'm like, oh, it's, I just <laughs> figured it was fine. You know, yeah. what are they gonna do? you know, dock me my 10 cents an hour they pay me, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Un- what's the question? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they were like, well, we're going to be keeping our eye on you. And I'm like, okay, good. And then they kept wondering how it's like my classes were always full. They had wait lists for all my classes. My attendance was one of, it was, it was great. People would come early. They would stay late. All of the papers they turned in, which was kind of backfired on me because, you know, I had 80 people, which was Mm -hmm. the maximum that they could fit in the classroom. And uh, so when they would do papers, it was a minimum of three pages and they were all, it was an average of eight. And I was just like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> I'm like, it was just, you know, I'm reading a lot about why the last man. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't really um, something people accepted. And mm-hmm. they weren't, they didn't like it. And they're like, oh, that's the comic book one, you know. Mm-hmm. But, and it was kind of funny. I did, one of the, a, a parent came in to talk to me. Oh. You know, and I was just like your your daughter's an adult you know yeah yeah we don't we don't quite get this but um but he wanted to have a meeting with me and i'm like fine so he came in and he said i want you to know that i was really against this when you know this is assigned mm-hmm. but then my daughter told me to read it and it was so great and i understand why you were using it and just like mm-hmm. went on and on and i was like shoo you know <laughs> not that i cared you know it's like what are you what are you gonna do you know yeah. like you can complain all you want they already hate me what else are you, yeah, gonna do? <laughs> you know but it was it was fun and so you know it's uh some of the other instructors still weren't happy with it because it wasn't academic enough for them and i'm like mm. you know what you read some Grant Morrison or Alan Moore and tell me how much you understand of yeah. it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, and then we used, you know, we used like Dr. Strange to teach magic because in anthropology, we have all these different topics. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, so we used a, I just used a lot. Um, but I like to use popular culture in teaching because students then can realize that you don't have to learn in a box. You don't have to like go to a certain place to learn. You can learn anywhere at any time using anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important that I'm a big believer in, in lifelong education and I don't like it that I graduated. I'm never going to learn anything again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that's how a lot of people think. So yeah, I like to keep learning 
<laughs> Garrett saying me. I'm the opposite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except Garrett learns so much every day. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I teach him. As much as much as I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> she forces it on me. I do. Yeah. But Garrett's already so brilliant. He doesn't really need to know anymore. Oh my God. Ridiculous. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to continue on. So, um, Christy has also written, you know, The Damnation of Charlie Wormwood and um, has co-written Broken Gargoyles. Both are from SourcePoint Press. Um, She is also a host of a comic sale on social media called What We Do in the Comic Shop. Now, that was a a feature in an Associated Press article that came out last year. It spoke about uh, Christina shifting, shifting her business model to include online sales during the pandemic shutdown um, in um, twenty in twenty twenty, but you know, but more importantly, and I'm going to quote this from the article: um, it kept the shop's community spirit alive. End quote during um, during those dark times. You know, did you want to add anything to that? Oh, it's that was kind of crazy <laughs> that we were in the Associated Press. It was like just supposed to be this little article kind of like went big time. Um, I never wanted to do online sales ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not something I was interested in. But when we had to shut down, it was like, okay, um, so we could either close our doors for good or I can just sell online. So we started it. I'm a huge fan of what we do in the shadows. Yes. Um, and so that the movie is better than the TV show. I know, Garrett. The TV show. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. You were thinking it. I could see I the was, thought bubble. I could see the thought bubble. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and so we named it "What We Do in the Comic Shop." And Franco, my my friend, and we co-own uh, the New York uh, Aya together. He made an awesome little logo, and it's just kind of taken off. It's fun, but it did it. Um, people would that didn't even want to buy anything would come on the show just because I'm just stupid. I just sing. She I'm sings. She is make, she pronounces things. things wrong. It's hilarious. I watch it <laughs> literally while she's streaming. I listen to it while I'm working Uh huh. just to have it on. Like I have a TV that I just, I just run it on just, mm-hmm. and I just sit here and I'm just like, Oh my God. She's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I make, I make dumb puns. And- so entertaining though. But it's because I just don't care, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I am all out of, um, you know what? I'm going to curse for you to Garrett. I'm all I already out. cursed. Oh, did you, you already missed it? out. Yeah. All that right. was like the first word out of my mouth. Oh, yeah. well, okay. That's true. I, I'm just all out of fucks now. So um, I just, I'm just like, you know what? We're going to have fun. It's kind of, it's the same approach I take to teaching. The, the One of the very first courses I took when I went to get my, um, my master's, my teacher almost fell asleep during his lecture. I mean, it was so boring. Uh-huh. I was like, how can you make archaeology boring? Archaeology uh-huh. is so exciting. Uh-huh. And he's just up there. He does he used to fall asleep during the movies he'd show. Oh, I mean, we would sometimes throw things at him to see if we could jolt him awake. <laughs> you know, because we're adults. Um but but it just it has to be fun. And I just don't want to go, hey, here's a book, here's a book, here's yeah. a book, uh-huh. here's a book. Because I gotta stay awake during it too, you know. Um, I can see it now. Yeah. Co- co-writer of Good Boy admits to assault during college years. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't awake to ad- admit yeah. it. I mean, to yeah. see it. Yeah. Um, 
it was it was kind of funny um what oh i don't even remember what i was talking about but yeah but but we we stayed we stayed there and we still have the show going we were doing 10 a day or 10 oh a week god. day oh my gosh yeah, it was like so, 10 a day oh my god <laughs> yeah, it feels like it sometimes we were doing 10 a day or 10 a week Ugh. but now we're down to we're only doing four um four a week now so it's it's a little easier to manage but we're also open so it's it's been it's been entertaining it's it's i'm very glad that we uh we made it mm-hmm. So, because I know some shops that didn't, and I'm, yeah. I'm very glad we did. Yeah. Seems right. kind of stupid to say. I'm glad we closed. You know. Yeah, yeah I, I know. Um, yeah, I know. I yeah, there are like um, two shops in Hawaii. Actually, three three shops in the state of Hawaii have that closed down yeah. during the pandemic. One of my customers on the show is from Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and he's awesome. He sent me a, a box of goodies when, when mm-hmm. it just get this package, and it's got macadamia nuts, which are some of my favorite things. Oh my goodness, they were so in these shortbread cookies. Oh my gosh! Is that the was, Big Island Candy cookies? The chocolate dip? Is that the yes, one? Yes, oh, yes. And then uh, some tea, hibiscus tea. Oh my gosh, it was like so cool. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is awesome. So yeah, but we have people in Singapore and and Mexico and Canada and just from all over. So it's kind of cool. So, and we have a lot of local people. Um, our local people are still on there all the time. So mm-hmm. it's just fun. It, people become friends on the show. Mm-hmm. I, I actually met a couple. I've met a couple of people from the show. Um, one of them, Blair. His name's Blair St. Amand, and I always went, oh, you're fancy. I had to put my pinky up when I talked to you. And uh, so I, I was at uh, Baltimore, and mm-hmm. I walked out of a panel, and, and I heard somebody say Dr. Blanche, and I looked over, and somebody was just standing there with their pinky up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Blair. So it was kind of cool. <laughs> That's great. Okay. I'm, sorry, Chrissy, I'm going to continue because I'm going to try to, I'm gonna try to get you guys – Try to get the because I know you guys are busy. No, it's good. It's good. Someone okay. should corral us. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now before now before we really begin get into the interview, I want to give a big <laughs> shout out to Josh Warner of Source Point Press for oh arranging. So Josh, thank you. <laughs> Josh is the hardest working man in comics. I tell you. Yep. Gary Reed. Gary Reed. Yeah. Award Gary winner. Gary Reed award yes. winner. Yes. Uh, Joshua Josh Warner. Warner. Yep. And. Man, Winchester House is so good. It is. Oh, that second yep. ep- episode, second issue is really good. So. Okay, I got to check that one out, the second issue. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. Also, to, um, Christy, I want to give you a big thank you. Very, thank you very much for giving me a preview copy of Good Boy. Thank you. Oh, of course. Much. Thank you very much. Um, and like I said, and before we continue on, I want to give, um, give the listeners um, – you know, if you, the listeners, if you guys get a chance, please check out the the Word Bros episode one twenty four podcast that was dated June twentieth, um, twenty twenty one. Garrett and Christy were promoting the Good Boy Kickstarter at that time. I love that episode because you can tell they have an awesome friendship. That Garrett and Christy have an awesome friendship. You know, um, <clears throat> because you know they're on it. They're 
not only promoting, you know, the Kickstarter, but they're just having so much fun. <laughs> that, I, that's what I loved about the episode. You guys are just having so much fun. Yeah. It's the, the greatest part of getting to, like, writing Good Boy was that I get to write with my best friend. So it's, I, it's, it doesn't feel like work when I work with Garrett because he's, he's just one of the most wonderful people on the planet. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, it's really like, yeah, working on that book is just like 90% of the work is done just from us hanging out mm-hmm. and like talking because we just, that's all we talk about is like <laughs> the books we work on and stuff. So it's really like when it comes time to actually write something, it's very easy because it's like, oh, we've already talked about this 400 times. So this is, <laughs> we know, we know exactly what we're doing. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to start jumping into stuff so, um, <clears throat> because that's a very good segue, Garrett. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> can you guys tell? So can, can you tell the listeners how you guys met? <laughs> I hate this story. <laughs> so I, I knew Christy online for a while. Um, I just knew her as the owner of Aya Comics, and I knew that she wrote stuff for Sourcefine and whatever. Uh, and she was like this big fancy moderator who like knew all the celebrities. <laughs> um, and uh, we were at a show. We were at Motor City Comic Con, mm-hmm. um, and I saw Christy talking to Travis, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go introduce myself uh, because this is the person I haven't met in real life before." Mm-hmm. So I went to the show, or I went up went and talked to her and I and they were talking about John Wick mm-hmm. John Wick and I was standing there for a second and then they asked me something and I said oh I've never seen John Wick and and Christy just was like it was like <laughs> stop talking go back like at, to the table you can be in this conversation after you've seen the movie <laughs> and and I was just like ha and then she just stared at me <laughs> And then I was like, oh, fuck. Um, and I just walked away like with my tail between my legs. Um, and I went home, mm-hmm. immediately watched John Wick, and then messaged her and was like, oh, my God, it's so good, and this and that. Uh, but, yeah, the first time we met, she was a real bitch to me. Yeah, okay, okay, but, but then after that... But she made up for it, <laughs> because then... I had brought she, yeah. you a Hellboy toy... She did bring me a Hellboy toy. It was a very nice thing to do. Yeah. It was kind of offset by the rudeness. But then, <laughs> but then afterwards, she took me to meet Doug Jones, who plays Abe Sapien and, and Billy Butcherson, like all these people. It's, he's incredible. Pan's Labyrinth and, and so many things. She, like, what we do in the so, shadows. Well, yeah. He's the Baron or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so then I forgave her. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, our, our relationship is founded on rudeness, <laughs> built on a foundation of bitchiness. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a real, you know, honeymoon story. <laughs> you know, people are like, oh my God, you guys are such good friends. How did you meet? And I'm like, well, she was a bitch and I hadn't seen a movie. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And now I love her to death, but she's still kind of a fucker. So, <laughs> but I'm okay with it. Feelings mutual. It's true, 100. <laughs> yeah, 
Yep. She started it though. Just yeah. so we're clear all the way back. I did. She started it. Yeah. Everybody thinks I'm the nice one. Yeah. It's such bullshit. <laughs> she is so mean. And she just showed, she has everyone fooled and everybody's like, Oh, Christy is just the best. And I'm like, you don't see it. I see it. I, like, we talk on the phone and she's like, Oh, fuck this and this person and this and you idiot. And I'm like, Oh God. That sounds exactly like one of our conversations. True. <laughs> yeah. It's like verbatim. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. They suck. Yeah. All right. So off the cuff so christy can you still be part of my interview because <laughs> tell you this story I, she's I, a very I, kind person we'll edit all this out i've never seen the full movie of john wick but <gasps> i've seen bits and pieces where get i can bitch it together where i've seen the whole movie <laughs> get him christy <laughs> i <No>. still <laughs> it's okay <laughs> i don't oh, understand but you need to watch it, not for us, but for you, because <laughs> it is a masterpiece. It, it, it is a movie that should not work. Yes. That's why I said I hadn't watched it. I was like, it, when I see this movie, it looks, it has all the ingredients of being an awful movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awful. Like, no offense to Keanu, but I don't think he's the best actor. Nobody does. But the thing is, but the thing is, that's the point. That's the best part of it. Yes. Because he says like four lines in the entire movie. (laughs) He just looks awesome. And he's really good at like fight choreography and everything. Like he's just a presence. Everybody's been asking me if I'm. Yeah, I think it. No, I haven't really had an answer. But that's it. That's the, that's the, that's the emotional range of him in that entire movie. Like he's talks like three lines and then he yells i'm thinking i'm back that's I'm it thinking i'm back yeah oh no, but the, so he's good. so cool but the the thing is he's so cool when he comes off that city bus with his brown leather brown leather jack he's got blood stain on his white t-shirt nobody <laughs> stops him yeah and he just walks yeah. to his his buddy's auto shop you know yep, yep. Yeah, awesome. such a great scene, man. Oh, I love that entire movie. Yeah, so much. No, but I need. But I, like I said, I've always seen, I've seen like chunks of it. And like I said, I just need to sit down and watch it in one time. Do, yeah, do yourself a favor because it's really, really, it's great. I will I say not- I'm happy that I didn't see it initially because. <laughs> I enjoyed being able to just watch one, two, three. Like it was so much better to just be like, oh, I bought the three, you know, the trilogy on iTunes and I could just watch through all three movies. It was so much more of like a, like a, an event to to say. I'm good. No. Yeah. I, I still, I don't, I can't get into the second one yet. I've only watched like the opening scene and then that's it. It's have to watch. You have to watch the one, one all the way through. Yes. You can fast forward through the the dog scene. Yeah. So because oh, that's yeah. Dad. Yes. So the Willem Dafoe scene is also really hard for me. Oh it's, yes, I know. So he's, yeah. Oh. So um, but but then just start to. It's so good. It's so. I love good. it so much. Yeah. Okay. Ridiculous. I'm also glad you didn't see it because if you had, we may not have come up. You know, be here right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this is going to be a nice segue going into Good Boy. Now, 
before we start getting to the questions about Good Boy, now I just want to let our long, our new listeners and our longtime listeners know that this was an FOC spec pick by Drew on the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast, episode 681. So I just wanted to let our listeners know about that. So, no, no, actually, thank Drew, yes. So, okay. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to ask you guys, what is the story about? (laughs) Do you want to? Well, the story is pretty much our love letter to John Wick. Mm -hmm. Um, The first volume anyway. Well, all of it is, but it's basically if if it's a John Wick story, but the human dies and then the dog goes out for revenge. It's obviously anthropomorphic. Mm -hmm. Um, It's anthropomorphic world, which is taken care of in one panel. Every question that you have about it is taken care of, um, which that was Garrett being very brilliant right there in that panel. Mm-hmm. Um, very, it was so good, Garrett, it was so good. Um, and so he just goes out for revenge. And so we tried to make it though, if you've seen John Wick, you'll go, oh my gosh, this is great, it's this and this. And you can pick out the little things where we did. Mm-hmm. And, but if you haven't seen John Wick, um, then you can read this and still get it. Now, I do have to say one of my friends hadn't seen John Wick. I didn't realize it. Um, they've read Good Boy, and now they want to see John Wick because of Good Boy. You're welcome, like, Keanu. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. We're doing you your work welcome. for you. You're welcome. We're, yeah. we're getting you your fans. It's okay, you know. Um, it, it really started, it started as a fun homage, mm-hmm. uh, and then sort of like turned into an entire other thing where we were like, <laughs> Because one of the best and worst things about the John Wick movies is that they're very face value. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why they're so good because yeah. they don't try to like do all this other stuff. They're like, yeah. he done bad, he good guy, he kill everyone. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, I get it. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. And what we thought that there was a lot more when we did our series, we wanted to homage John Wick and pay tribute to that, but also create our own story. Mm -hmm. And so past, I mean, past the initial, even like the first issue, you start to see the story sort of shifts away from just this like uh, revenge story into (laughs) now. I mean, there's like six volumes of this planned. Um, So it's, you know, the first, it, it starts out as like a very Wick-esque uh, mm-hmm. homage, but it very quickly turns into, in my opinion, something much bigger than John. It Wick. does. It turns into something much bigger. And especially when we get to volume two, it's going to, yeah. it's, it's, it's absolutely its own thing. We'll still have the Wickisms in there. Yeah. We'll call them. Yeah. But, but it's its own thing. Yeah. It's its own, absolutely its own story. And everybody will meet the best character in the series um, in volume two. Oh, okay. And then um, how many, now for our listeners, how many issues is, is in each volume right now? So volume one is three issues. Uh-huh. Um, we only did three because we were like unsure about how well the series would do. And, and if there was, you know, when we first signed up and signed the series, you know, with source point, like we weren't really sure if we needed to fill four issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, We later regretted it because we were like, (laughs) Oh my God, we could have easily done four. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first volume is three issues. Every volume volume after that is four issues a piece. Yeah. Yeah. Now 
the, um, this first volume, you know, I, I, you know, I know it was a Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. So it's the second volume. I, I'm just asked. I, this is an off-the-cuff question. Is this going to be a Kickstarter or? Is this yeah, we'll have the Kickstarter for Volume Two will be in February, um, and that'll be uh, yeah, that'll be the next uh, basic. Like the Kickstarter is essentially uh, get you the entire series. Mm -hmm. um, so like people that back the Kickstarter, even though Number One just came out in stores, the people from the Kickstarter got the whole series delivered yeah. to them so they got to i mean so they got their number one late but they got the whole series early <laughs> yeah um because and we had to like wait to produce them two. yeah oh, okay. uh -huh. and yeah. then um i'm gonna jump around a little bit so um correct me if i'm wrong the, the kicks in your guys that first kickstarter you guys did mm -hmm. it had a two-page um there was a stretch goal that you guys reached i think yeah. that four thousand dollar stretch goal that had a two-page story by Tony Fleece and yep. um, Trish Forster, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. The creators I, of, co-creators of Stray Dogs. Yes, yeah. I was trying and to it see is so good. It's so funny. We also have a two-page story in there uh, that David Booer wrote. With Alex um, Moore. Yeah, with Alex Moore art, uh, which is also hilarious. David Booer um, writes Canto, and he did Killer Queens for Dark Horse, and uh, he did he a Serenity tons of stuff. Yeah, he's Firefly doing Serenity River Run mm. right now for Firefly. Uh, yeah, we had you know, w like very early on when we were working on Good Boy, we sort of like happened upon this like fan base mm -hmm. that Stray Dogs because Stray Dogs was so popular at the time. It, just, it still is, but it had yeah. just come out and it was really really big, and. We, you know, Christy and I both liked that book and we were like, hey, it'd be funny if we invited Trish. Like we kind of met Trish. Yeah, and Trish we were, came, came to us actually. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we were like, yeah, we would love to have you do something on the book because it's so cool that you, you know, you do all this, you know, Stray Dogs is so big and, and you obviously do dog books as well. Like that's, you know, that'd be great. And then it's sort of like that slight, like was a slingshot into like, people in there was a facebook group that was dedicated to stray dogs fans and the guy who runs it put a poll in the group he was like hey has anyone seen this other book like there's this other book good boy trish is even doing something on this like whatever would you guys want to have some good boy stuff in this group and everyone was like holy shit yeah so then this group got sort of co-branded into good boy and stray dogs yeah and there's like 900 people in it and it just like all those people started sharing variants and then they were back in the Kickstarter and they were talking about the books and, and it just like, it was like we took a hook and just like threw it under this train that was yeah. stray dogs and we just boom, just, we took just off went with, right it. with it. And, you know, so when it came time to do stretch goals, we were like, man, you know, it'd be really funny is if we got a backup story done by Tony and Trish. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if they'll even do, if they would do that or whatever. And I asked Trish and Trish was like, totally we're in. They did a backup story and then David Boer and them did it. Like it's, it was so good. Like mm -hmm. the idea was we wanted to do these little two page shorts that were like slice of life things mm -hmm. um, around like John and Flint before John died. Like back when they were at their peak of like working. Yeah. You don't really um, see much of John in the book. Yeah. Well, you see a lot of him all over the place in the very yeah. beginning, mm -hmm. but yeah. But that is very true. Yeah. You don't see sort of the life they had together yeah. before you he died. Yeah. You, you learn that he's like a really good guy. He's funny, you know, yeah. that they have a really good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's sweet. 
It's yeah. one of the sweet So those backup stories were meant to be like sort of a sweet, like after you get done with the brutality of, of the yes. book, then you're like, oh, look how cute. Like they're going to the vet <laughs> and they're going on like a mission and they're going like doing yeah. like these things. Like, so it was really fun. I'm sorry, Garrett, that was kind of funny when you said, you know, it's like you get the slice of life, like how cute that they're going on a vet and look how cute they're going to go on a mission. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah. Was, you know. Yeah. But God, it's like very, like, it's very like buddy cop-esque. Like they, they their relationship is sort of like, it's, it's just very unique. Like the way they, like they, like their job is to kill people, but they're yeah. sort of like, they're like really grounded about it like like they just to them it's just normal and like yeah we're just yeah like we're like one of the backup stories was you know when we had the ideas of like what to do because we we gave the writing teams what the backup story was like here's the premise you can do whatever you want here's the premise and the one we gave to tony and trish was we want them to have an argument over what goes best with peanut butter and so, and, and I had this funny line that I had come up with that, like, I didn't care what any of the story was. I was like, I just think it'd be funny at the end if he says, well, obviously peanut butter and chocolate's the best. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he's like, you son of a bitch, you know, I can't have chocolate. <laughs> um, and so we gave that to Tony Trish and he just fucking ran with it. And they did this whole oh, story, God. but like, it feels, and like at the end, they're like pulling steam ass on, like grabbing guns. And he's like, we're going to fucking talk about this later. Like this isn't over. And they like go off to do all this like shit. It's yeah. just, go off it's to just kill their people. And like then... you forget that they're killers because just you're so wrapped up yeah. in like this funny moment between two friends. So, yeah. yeah couple things um i just want to say is that um for our listeners you know that um when the when we refer to john john is the human in the story yeah. and uh, flint sparks is the is the is the dog yes right? an anamorphic dog yeah. uh, before i continue on my, with my questions um i'm just asking like for these two page backup stories yeah. um will Regular comic shop readers be able to see these stories? Is it included in the monthly issues? Or? It is only it is only included in the Kickstarter number ones um, as as something to like sort of keep it special in the single issues to backers of the Kickstarter. Um, it will likely be printed when we do like the omnibus mm -hmm. of like the first volume, or mm -hmm. potentially we thought about saving it until we have you know like all three volumes done or something, and then adding in all the shorts from the different ones yes um into that because we wanted to keep it sort of as something special for the people that obviously supported the kickstarter yeah. so much that so. sounds pretty awesome yeah <laughs> okay um let's see um do you guys want to give a shout out to your creative team uh, oh yeah my gosh. no they suck they don't deserve <laughs> anything they we, they're nothing Everybody without but us Dave. yeah no. <laughs> uh Kit Wallace, our interior artist, cover artist, oh. best friend, uh, art extraordinaire, is hands down one of my top three artists of all time. He's an incredible talent. He's a brilliant artist. Like, it a, makes no sense how good he is. Yes. He's a brilliant artist, but he is also such a brilliant storyteller. He is. It's like, yeah. you can just say, this. we want this kind of to happen. And then he gives us something that is just makes our jaws drop it's yeah. it he's brilliant everybody else just stay away from him because he's hard <laughs> um he's he's absolutely brilliant and dave there's, there's our letter is dave dave is incredible 
Um, he's much more than just a letter. He doesn't yeah. just like, I mean, he yells at me for writing too much, but that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But seriously, this team is, would the book would be a completely different book if you took out any one of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? absolutely. It was because it really is, this is exactly what a comic book should be. Mm-hmm. I, so, you know, like the, the crazy thing is that like, it's my, it's been my dream. Like since I was like a kid, like I've won, I've always wondered like, cause when I was younger and reading comics, mm-hmm. I always thought like, man, the bullpen is like such a cool, like it's such an awesome thing. Yeah. Like this idea that you have these creatives in this space together, just making magnificent things. And I, I mean, it's, there, that isn't a thing anymore. Yeah. Like, like there is no bullpen anymore. Like, like that, that's not a thing that exists. So like, you know, the way that I write, like people, somebody told me once, they were like, Garrett is the Marvel method of Marvel method. <laughs> like I, I hate formatting. I, it's, it's like, I, but I know that about myself. Like my brain, if I have to think about like, if I have to sit and go page one, panel one, establishing shot, interior, this, like, it kills my creativity. Like it makes me not want to write any books because mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like my idea and my approach has always been like, get the stuff on the page. Like, I don't care about the, the panel structure. Mm-hmm. I care about what's happening on the page, what's being said, like the actions and stuff like that. And through the, the journey that I've sort of taken in comics, I've found that there are artists that hate that. Mm-hmm. so much because they want to be told what to draw they mm-hmm. want to get paid and they want me to fuck off mm-hmm. and then there's artists that take that and they're like oh this is cool i can do whatever i want yes and so i've gravitated towards artists like that i had that i, I had that with nick Turris, who worked on franklin and ghost and and, a, and fear diaries and a bunch of other stuff with me and and now kit like kit will take a page that i just I, it'll be nothing mm-hmm. on the page but just a description for me that goes like you know I really want, like, we had this in a book we're working on right now, Christmas Caroline, where yeah. mm-hmm. I, I told him, I said, look, in the script, I said, listen, Kit, I want a double page spread of just, like, she just needs to look super badass, and she needs to be, like, surfing on, like, sort of like a Christmas-inspired Bifrost mm-hmm. to the North Pole. That's all I said to him. And he comes back with this double page thing that it was, it's probably the most beautiful it's page I've ever seen mm-hmm. in comedy. It's so crazy and detailed and insane. And it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. And like he does that with every page. Every page, it's like, here's what, you know, the action starts. These yeah. are the things that have to happen. And these are the people that are talking to each other. And this is what they're saying. In and fact, some, just, especially yeah. in Christmas Caroline, there are a couple times when I was just like, where he, and he's so fast. Yeah. So, you know, we're like, here, here are the bones. And yeah. he'll draw, and it's just like, okay, I'll just take these pages. Now I'm going to write the dialogue for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, which is exactly the Marvel method. Yeah. Um, just because yeah. it, he's, he's just so good. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, would, I would change things to like, okay, like the teddy just bear. To, yeah, just thing, to fit his you know. heart. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, we'll just do it this instead of this. And yeah. he, it's, he makes everything better. He's, he is brilliant. And Dave and yet, is the same way. It's yeah. like that that idea that Christy and I can just be like, look, here's the story we want to tell. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yes. Like those two take our script and just turn it into something completely different. 
like it, it becomes this whole other thing. Um, like I, I don't even understand it sometimes. So I can't remember who it was, but somebody came up to me and said, how do you deal with Garrett scripts? And I was like, <laughs> And I said, I, I don't know what you mean. And they're like, they're like, they just make no sense. I said, they make perfect sense. They're absolutely <laughs> logical. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm like, I'm not understanding. I'm just like. It's like, it's like beats. Like I write in beats. Like that's and, it. And you know? I get it. Because even you at the very beginning, you were like, okay, I'm almost afraid to send this to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told her, I'm like, look, you're going to look at the script. I like, I gave like. I gave it to another writer friend one time and he was like, this makes me want to throw up. <laughs> like I don't, there's no structure. And I was like, what do you mean there is structure? It's page one. Here's the actions and dialogue. That is a structure. Like I'm telling you ask on the page. I'm just letting the artist interpret how he wants to portray these mm -hmm. things. Um, and I told her right from the very beginning, I was like, I'm warning you this, the way I write books is not, the way people write comics. <laughs> and she was like, how bad can it be? And then I sent it to her and she was like, oh, this is very different. <laughs> and I, like it was her nice way of saying it was a fucking mess. No. But, no, it wasn't. But I, uh, yeah, I, it makes the best books. It does. In my opinion. It's, you yeah. just, it's, it's a brain dump and it's perfect. Yeah. You, I speak Garrett. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, Christy, it's an off-the-cuff question, but a couple things. I just want to preface the question. It sounds like you and Garrett are in sync. Um, I, 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 you know, do you kind of like balance out Garrett's Marvel method madness? <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a little bit. Um, I'm not as organized as people may think I am. Um, but but yeah, I think I think that we... I think we work really well together. I think um, I I don't know what I don't know what it is, Garrett. Do you that we just? It's I just, think I, I I get him and he yeah. gets me, and it's like I know my faults and mm -hmm. I know where my weaknesses are, and Garrett really doesn't have any. But yes, I do because that's why um, Christy writes all the fucking like important dramatic shit. <laughs> I think that like the, the reason we work well, like Christy doesn't, I wouldn't say that Christy like balances it out. I think that she is very good at finding the parts that I need to improve. Mm -hmm. And like, she will say like, she, she won't mess with anything, but she'll hone on like hone in on specific things. Mm -hmm. And she'll be like, this needs to be like this. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll be like, okay, I sure. And, and it's like, she finds the right parts. Like, it's just all these fucking gears, just like all over the place. And she's just like, this one goes here, mm -hmm. and this one here, go. Yeah. And that's it. Like, she, she's really good at just like picking out my faults mm -hmm. and like refining them. I'm not saying pick out my faults. Like I'm saying like, at seeing the weak points in the, in the structure and mm -hmm. being like, okay, these need to be reinforced mm -hmm. before the whole thing falls down. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's great. She also doesn't like, she doesn't like hinder me at all. Like she doesn't like, I've had people, I had a very strict rule. In fact, Dave Lentz and I just had this conversation yesterday. He yelled at me on the phone because when we first met, he pitched me co-writing a book with him. And I said, look, I don't write with people. 
Like, <laughs> I don't write with anybody. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not interested in that or whatever, because at the time, like, I know that my scripts are weird and like, I don't need to bring anybody else into that. Or I also mm-hmm. don't want someone, I worked with somebody one time when I first, when I first started and I was, tr- I was so motivated and I was so like inspired. And I was just going, 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 going. And like everything I said, they were like, yeah, but what about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what about this? Yeah. But, and, and I got to a point where I was like, I don't even want to do this book anymore. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. this is so like every time I start to get, you know, momentum, it just gets dragged down by like having to ask this person's opinion or yeah. listen to like their thought on whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just happens that like Christy is very like, like you said, in sync with like my insanity. <laughs> and she just like lets it go. And it's really like, it's just like a lot of the times I'm like, I tell people, I'm like, I'm like the juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just running through walls of concrete. Mm hmm. And she's coming behind with the broom and it's just like getting the rubble mm-hmm. and just making sure it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. And like, it's perfect. It's amazing. I would be a fucking, I would have lost my mind if it wasn't mm-hmm. her. So. You're so sweet, Garrett. <laughs> it just does. It just works. I don't know what it is, yeah. um, but it works really well. And it just seems like, I don't know. It just seems right. She's also not afraid to call me on my shit. And I'm also not afraid to call her on her shit. Mm -hmm. That is also very true. Yeah, like, so, like, she talks about, like, she knows her faults. Like, I also know my, I'm I'm a big believer in, like, like, the way my brain works is, like, if you're not adding anything to a situation, Mm -hmm. like, if you're you're just in something to take away and not to bring to, Mm -hmm. like, there's no point in that thing existing. And, like, I know where I fit into this little mold of the Christy Garrett team. Mm -hmm. And I know the parts of me that don't fit in there. Like I am not a dramatic writer. Mm -hmm. Like I am not very good at like, you know, incredibly long heartfelt moments and like speeches and shit like that. And I will write into scripts when we do stuff. I will literally (laughs) just put highlighted parts. and I go Christy's part. Oh, Mm-hmm. it'll get it'll be a big I'll, I'll make some big build up like we just did in Christmas Caroline the guy's like getting on the thing and he's like we're tearing this whole motherfucker down I'm like all this big big build up and then it's just like the script just hits Spartan and just goes here you go Christy <laughs> make make something magical and she does she comes in and she's like <laughs> just hits it hits out of the park and I'm like see that's it she's what, what was it in postmasters which we do have a kickstarter going on right, on right now postmasterscomic.com get ahead of his schedule christy yes, i know are. i'm just mentioning it um <laughs> when what was it when you wrote um explain explain the breakdown oh explain the, yeah i said make something write something nice about like the the fall of humanity or like the fall of civilization or something like yeah, that in, in two pages in two pages <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i said i really like because what i do is i i never like to tell her what to do yeah. so i put like i put the two pages and then i said christy if you could uh use this two pages to explain you know how the world has ended and like society is sort of like just devolved into this yeah. awful shit thanks like that's it. <laughs> thanks. and and she was just like what two pages <sighs> And it was so good. She did so good. It was so good. 
like I knew it was the pressure she needed. To mm-hmm. I do. I, I yeah. do need I do need pressure. Yeah. I work I do work better under pressure. <laughs> so this that's, the why, pre- that's why I won't stop procrastinating is because I'm so good at it. <laughs> Don't quit what you're good at. <laughs> so this is the perfect segue because I'm going to slowly start wrapping this up. Um, can you, uh, you mentioned, or Christy, you already mentioned Postmasters is a Kickstarter campaign that's going on right now. Yes. So Christy, can I ask, can you tell our listeners um, what's the story about? And um, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know when we're going to, re- you know, have this um, release, wide release. I don't know if the campaign will be ended or anything like that. So, but can you go ahead and tell our listeners what the premise is about? Yeah, well, Garrett, Garrett and I will both tell you, because um, this was a, it was a Garrett thing that you worked as a postman for a little while. And realized <laughs> a very pressure. short while. So it's kind of like, um, uh, so if, if COVID had, well, I, I know it's still around, mm-hmm. but if it had really taken a bad turn and... Uh, Even worse than the hundreds of thousands of people have died. Yeah, worse than yeah. it is. Um, yeah. I kind of liken it to the end of World's End, um, uh, the amazing uh, Edgar Wright movie, um, and where it's like there's no technology left. It's mm-hmm. like everything has just, society is broken down, everything is broken down, um, people have mutated, and, and there's certain areas that are, are like the no-go zones, and then you have these other areas. But what, what keeps going? The post office. The mail you know, never stops. The mail never stops. Mm-hmm. But they're just not regular postmen um, and women. They are uh, badasses. Mm-hmm. Um, they carry swords and they are government issued swords. Government yeah, issued add. swords. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there aren't that many left of them. Mm-hmm. And so it is about the mail and his adventures. I don't want to yeah. give too much away. I, yeah, it's it's just it's there's there's a really terrible movie with Kevin Costner, The Postman, yeah. that came yes. out, uh, and it, it's it's sort of The Postman meets Resident Evil. Like it's it's follows uh, Postmaster Thirty Two, who's they only uh, have numbers. They don't have names. yeah. They only have numbers because it's sort of like a like a they they swear an oath of the postmaster and they become sort of like they give up their identity and it becomes like this sort of sacred duty to deliver the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because there it's there's a lot of danger in it and they they you know they have this other identity. So mm-hmm. that it kind of like gets away from, you know, people being able to know where they come from or who they're related to or have any sort of like, you yeah. know, stuff over them. Um, and it follows 32, uh, who's assigned to this distribution center um, here in California. And a mysterious letter comes in that like is very different from like anything that they've seen in so mm-hmm. long. Um, and 32 gets assigned to deliver this letter uh, to another distribution center in Bend, Oregon. And on foot, he has to sort of go on this journey to deliver this mail. Because now it's sort of, the world is sort of like reverted back to sort of like the Pony Express. Like yeah. the mail still has to be delivered. No matter how many letter carriers die, mm-hmm. the le- the mail still has to go. So what happens is that over time, those routes sort of, the less mail carriers are, your routes expand. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you have like postmasters that are in charge of on foot delivering stuff across mm-hmm you know, half a state, 
Yes. And so mail takes forever to get there because it's all hand delivered and it's it's this whole crazy thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's just so much fun. I worked uh, for about a month and a half during COVID as at the postal service, and it was the worst job I've ever had. Um, like I, you know, I read about it in the Kickstarter, which you, wherever you guys are, postmasterscomic.com, you can go to the campaign. It's live for like another two weeks from today. Um, you know, I write about like the, just the interactions that I like witnessed between like the public and mm-hmm. the workers there, let alone like you add on top of that a pandemic and like all these other things that these like people are still there working 80 hours a week mm-hmm. and like doing all these jobs and like interacting with all these people that do not give a single fuck that like the mail is backed up and people are working until like their fingers bleed. Like they're just like mad their Amazon package isn't there yet. Cause like, fuck you guys, what are you guys doing? Um, And so I wrote this book as like, you know, the other thing is that I live in an area that's heavily filled with anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers and a lot of stuff. And so that's another added layer of this thing where you had this pandemic and you had these workers that were trying to be safe and were trying to do their job and we're trying to do whatever. And there's this like added level of danger of, of people being sick and people dying and like all this stuff. So I wanted to write this book that was sort of like this idea of like, what if COVID had destroyed the world? Mm-hmm. Like what if as terrible as it's been already, what if it was even worse? And what if 70% of the world population died to COVID? And now there's, you know, 23 postmasters for the entire United States delivering all the mail. And, you know, what does that look like? What does the world look like? What are these people that refuse to get vaccinated? What have they become? And like, what are they, you know, what is everything? It was all these pieces. So out of that came postmasters. And again, I'm not the dramatic writer. So I was like, oh, I have a stupid idea. I'm going to do something fun and do all this stuff. And then when there comes time for parts that need serious writers, mm-hmm. Christy will be there to save me. So Christy, I'm going to ask you the question. So um, now listeners, you know, today is November 29th. As Garrett mentioned, two weeks from now, I think will be like something like December for something it'll the campaign will end but um it will will this be um do you guys already have a publisher lined up or anything yes yes it'll be source point press okay um yeah and we've we've actually already hit our goal Mm -hmm. um the campaign is made but we're going for some stretch goals um we like shiny things (laughs) so uh we want um, we want more shiny on the books, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a thirty dollar level that you can get that comes with his his gold ID card. It's not real gold; it's gold, but it's not it's not like real gold. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which I Garrett and I both love like little I don't know tchotchkes, I want to say you know <laughs> knick knacks um, those metal tart covers. Um, so we, we like that and we think that they're, they're fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we did that with, with good boy, with the, the favors. We did that with the New York comic con exclusive with the key card. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that with four color fiends, um, our company that we do a lot of uh, different exclusives mm-hmm. uh, fourcolorfiends.com. Please check us out. Uh, we, we had a, um, a, a fiend coin 
So, I mean, there's all sorts of, of stuff that we do. And so I, I think that it is a, it's a great campaign. The book is beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, Ruben is doing a great job. Um, Dave, of course, is back with us on lettering. And, uh, and, and again, he does more than letter. And he, he kind of, he also keeps us both in line a little bit. When it's true. It's true. He's like, you need to look at this now. And we're like, okay. And then like an hour later, I said now, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we both just got yelled at earlier today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, he does keep us in line. But yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on. That's uh, Christmas Caroline is in preview um, right now. Christmas Caroline is so good we both just read the the final, final build, yeah. pdf and it's oh i i mean i really i love it so much it's mm -hmm. so so good um, so we've got christmas caroline we've got postmasters we've got some more stuff uh going with c2e2 which is in a couple weeks uh we have um mm -hmm. a blind justice uh special ashcan that is going to be there um, blind Justice is our The Adventures on. of Blind Justice and Friends. The Adventures of the, Blind Justice and yeah. Friends. Yeah. Um, uh, so kind of our take on, uh, on Golden Age superheroes, mm -hmm. um, Silver Age superheroes, all of that. Um, and, you know, I'm Blind Justice. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's brilliant. And that's great. And then we've got... What else are we working on? We gods. We've got. It's just a bajillion things. <laughs> I know. It's just like there's so much. We're actually working on Mysterium together, based on the board game. Um, so. Well, we've she's got... working on it. I'm just overseeing. I just sit back and go, "Oh, this is the deadline." <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. But uh, and then you know, it's it's there's there's a lot going on. You've got the pterosaurs. Yeah. Um, Little Red Ronin comes out in spring. Little Red, oh my gosh. Little Red, oh, you forgot We Eat Gods. I said We Eat Gods. Did you? Yeah, when? I just said it. I just said oh. it. You're like, what else? I was like, well, we have We Eat Gods. Oh. She doesn't know. I don't listen to you. The big one is that Christmas Caroline. Everyone should go out yes. Yes. Everyone this month. Christmas Caroline. And buy Christmas it. Caroline. Order it from your local comic shop. It's in yeah. previews right now. Two great big pages of it. It's yep. beautiful. It's so much fun. It, uh, um, it follows a disavowed elf who's uh, seeking the revenge for the murder of her brother at the hands of St. Nick. Yeah. Her, her brother sort of tries to unionize the workshop, mm -hmm. tries to get better working conditions and stuff, living conditions for the elves that work in the workshop. Mm -hmm. And Santa is sort of under this, like, sort of, uh, like, the, he has these like corporate overlords that sort of like control all the holidays and are like, you know, you're slipping in ratings. You need to get your shit together, get this fucking workshop going. Like, like you guys are behind on, on production and like this and that. And he sort of like kills this dude mm -hmm. to set an example for like, I don't give a fuck about any, like mm -hmm. you guys need to do your job. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, and then he exiles this guy's family, which includes his sister, Caroline. Um, and now she's trying to find a way back to the North Ball so she can murder Santa. It's right. a lot of fun. And it's an annual, so it only comes out, it comes out every Christmas. So yeah. it's like, it's a, you know, 32-page king-size annual uh, that comes out every Christmas. Well, and I guess we should mention on Postmasters that it is also not just a regular size comic book. Yeah, Postmasters is a magazine-sized 
48 page book. It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 And it's going to be a two part book. So book one is the one that's on Kickstarter right now. It's called live by the letter. Uh, and then part two is die by the blade. And that's, uh, they're both going to be magazine size, 48 page books. Yeah. So yeah. Really, really beautiful. I see Jason's like wheels turning. He's like, Oh my God. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh my Uh, God. Yes, it sounds great, and the format and everything sounds great. Okay, so I'm because I'm because I'm gonna start wrapping things up. A couple more questions: Have you guys been to Hawaii? Yes, I lived. I lived in Hawaii for a number of years. Uh, It was awesome. I miss it very, very much. Some of the like best friendships and like things that I made were were in Hawaii. People I still talk to to this day that I met there. That's nice. Yeah. We need to uh, have uh, them invite us to the Hawaii Comic Con. Yeah. You know what's what's funny is when I was in so it's so like this is such an odd like random story. When I was stationed in Hawaii, because mm-hmm. the reason I was there, people that know me know I was in the army and I was stationed in Scofield Barracks, Hawaii. Um, Five hundred them I would. Um, so mm-hmm. when I was stationed there, I was listening to the radio one day. And I hear this ad that's like for some, like it's like the collector's swap meet in Honolulu or something. Mm-hmm. And they go with special guest, Wolverine co-creator, Herb Trimp. And I went, what? <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, I thought I didn't hear it right. And so then I kept the radio on all day to wait to hear the ad again. And sure enough, I hear it and it's like, Herb Trimp's going to be at this thing. And I was like, holy crap so i tell my wife like my son is named after wolverine and i'm like i'm like freaking out i'm like oh my god and so we go down the day of the show and it's like this swap meet like and there's like nobody there it's like <laughs> dead like there's i mean it's not dead but it's like you know it wasn't like i was expecting like comic-con yes like i was expecting like these crazy lines i show up like i show up super early to get in line yes and there's like nobody there i walk in and i'm like at this point, I'm still like, maybe I misheard what is going on. I don't understand. And I look down, and I see this big Wolverine banner. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he's standing in front of the booth. There's only one other guy at the booth. They're talking. And, like, I just walk up, and I'm, like, holding all my books. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, what is happening? Nobody's there. There's all these prints on the table, like these giant Hulk 181 prints and, and all this stuff. And it's his wife is there. And his wife is like helping him. And I start talking to her. She's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, oh, my favorite. <laughs> and, and she like helps me. I'm like, I want to buy some like autographs. Like here's the books I want signed, whatever. And then this other guy leaves. Mm-hmm. And then it's just me and my wife and my two-year-old and then him and his wife. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, sir, I love you. <laughs> like it was this whole thing. I was like, my son is named Rebel Like this, I'm just like first fanboy moment like huge just like i'm just like verbally just spilling everything um and he was so nice we hung out for like 45 minutes we he signed all my books he took a picture holding my kid like it was this whole thing and then at the end he was like you know i brought special art for this show and like and i didn't know how many people would be here or whatever he was like but i'm doing this giveaway like everybody that bought an autograph gets a ticket to like win one of these things. And it's a print of Wolverine and Hulk in Hawaiian shirts going at it. And he's like, you look like an idiot. Like, and he's like, he's like, we got to do this for the show. Like all this shit. And 
he was like, it was only me and one other guy that had bought stuff from the table. And he was like, don't tell anyone. He was like, he gave each of us one. And he was like, thank you for coming. Like whatever. And I was like, holy shit. It was huge. It was crazy. So it's like two Garrett from Wolverine and Hulk, you know, like whatever, you know, Herb Tramp. And it's insane. It was crazy. I'd never understood like that moment. And like three days later, he passed away. Yeah. Like three days later. And I was like, holy crap. Like it was the weirdest, like most by chance Mm -hmm. thing ever. And ever since then, this has nothing to do with Honolulu or like Hawaii. <laughs> so I, got, I derailed this whole thing. But that now is like, I'll come back to Hawaii for any show just for the random chance at another interaction like that. Yeah. Because it was incredible. It's, yeah. Um, I know which one you're talking about. Really? I wor- no, because I worked that Saturday because I still have my G.I. Joe number one. Oh my God. I know. And I was like, oh, shoot. You know, I, but. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Oh, but man, what? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. And for a fan, like, it's like, you know, like, never meet your heroes, like, mm-hmm. all this kind of shit. Like, that was, I've had some terrible interactions with famous comic creators that I love yeah. that have just, like, maybe never want to buy anything from them ever again. At that moment, he could not have been more perfect of a human being mm-hmm. in that moment that, like, in the in the pantheon of comic creators in my mind it was just like an instant seal like done this dude's perfect everything he makes is perfect his wife is perfect this whole day is perfect uh it was crazy i couldn't believe that that happened <laughs> yeah because if you're kind of going i'm in hawaii what are my yeah. chances of meeting herb trimpy yeah <laughs> you know, yeah not on the mainland where it's san diego yeah uh, it's exactly hawaii. it seems so obscure yeah and he was like, he made some joke when he was there, like, oh, well, you know, they, we were coming to Hawaii for vacation and they like offered to like pay for our stay. So of course I'm going to do it. And I was like, <laughs> hell yes, you are. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. So Christy, I'm going to ask, can you top that? <laughs> Christy knows yeah. awesome people. Are you kidding me? She, you just, she told you oh she God. got Stan Lee to shoot a fucking video for her class. <laughs> no, no. Can she top that? You know, I, I'm Chrissy. I'm joking. You know, I'm joking. But I know you haven't been to Hawaii. <laughs> but, uh, I have not been to Hawaii. Um, I've got my customers in Hawaii, and yes. um, I know all the words to Malakamiki Maka. Malakamiki Maka uh, is the thing to say. Um, let's see. Now, Hawaii stories. I, I, I don't think I can can top that, Garrett. You're I think you, uh, you went, you went Hawaii. Yeah. Suck it. So well, actually, right. Christy and Garrett, I think we, hopefully we have one of the local comic book convention people, organizers listening to this and hopefully they'll invite you guys. Invite us. Or we will, we will, I, listen, I would sell an organ to get some killer tacos <laughs> because it is the best place I've ever got food from ever. In North Shore, Oahu, there's a place, there's a little taco stand, a place called Killer Tacos. And they sell fish tacos that are insane. And every, almost every weekend, Mm -hmm. we would go to North Shore and we'd like go snorkeling and whatever. And then we'd be like, we'd buy a a bag of, they're $2 a piece. And fish tacos, like we'd just fill a bag with them and come home. My wife and I would just like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Oh, that's awesome. 
Okay, sorry. So um, let me start wrapping things up. Um, where can um, listeners follow you on social media? Um, I am at Christy Blanche on Twitter and Instagram, which I'm terrible at. <laughs> and uh, Christina Blanche on Facebook. You can find where, as always, at um, All Yeah Comics, where the All Yeah Comics and Muncie, or what we do in the comic shop. Pretty easy to find. Garrett. Mine, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything at Some Writer Guy. Uh, I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Some Writer Guy. Uh, you can get like monthly exclusive variants and medals and all kinds of cool stuff. It's so good. I'm a patron of, of Garrett's because it's so, I'm just such a fan of his work. I've got her fooled. <laughs> Any closing words to our listeners? Uh, I mean, yeah, you should buy Good Boy. <laughs> it's it's by far the thing I'm most proud of. And, it is. And it is. it's the most accessible, fun, ridiculous story I've ever made. And I think that everybody that reads it sees how much fun we had writing it. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And I, it, you won't be disappointed. I... At least nobody has been yet. Nobody so, has yet, or they haven't yeah. told us. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I did read a review where it said, this is exactly what a comic should be. And that made me smile Woo! ear to ear because yep. that this is exactly what I think a comic should be. Mm -hmm. um, not that I don't like, you know, I, I wrote Charlie Wormwood. It's very deep and dark and, you know, <laughs> has lots of layers to it. Um, but yes get good boy it's absolute 100 percent fun um go check out postmasterscomic.com um, and pre-order christmas caroline because it is also just wonderful fun and if it, even if you just don't read the words just looking at kit's art <laughs> and that is it, it seriously almost brought me to tears a couple times because i loved it so much and then there's some little things that he puts in there that just that just kill me and i'm like wait we didn't put oh kid that's you're that's yeah kidisms brilliant yep yeah i guess right. that's it oh sorry so garrett and christy you know um i want to wish you guys all the success with good boy postmaster and christmas caroline and your other works that you guys are going to have coming out in in 2022 so yes mm -hmm. um and i want to say mahalo thank you and Hoyne. thank you guys for your time i i know i told you guys at the beginning we'll just keep this to an hour and <laughs> I, i'm sorry we won't wait we won't over but you know, thank you for giving me the opportunity to you know to interview you guys thank you very much thank you thank you for having us yeah thanks for having yeah. us on Thank you. And then, now, and I also want to give um, a big shout out to Josh of Source Point Press. Josh, thank you for help setting up this interview. Thank you very much. So, and if you are a new reader or a lifelong reader, please check out Good Boy. Um, issue number one is currently in, uh, in your LCS right now. Issue number two is going to come out on December 29th. And the previous code is OCT21. 1758. And if you're interested in Christmas Caroline, please let your um, LCS um, LCS know to order you a copy. You know, so please do that. Um, 
I want to thank, you know, I want to thank Drew the Coles for Comics for Fun and Profit for putting this episode together. So Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And finally, I want to thank you, the listeners. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha.